Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, and suspects. What you're about to hear is a clip from our exclusive Patreon episode, in which we discuss 2013's The Conjuring. How do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there, so we can give you one more scare. I really love the effects in this. I think that that's what made it so appealing and so scary to audiences, you know, because um, I don't know if we talked about that, the the um, the rating yet, the, the rated R, because it was just too scary. It's not because there's blood or sex or violence or anything like that. It's just because it was too scary. Um, And I think that that's because we're seeing, or at least especially with this, we see that emergence of a very beautiful marriage of practical and CGI. Um, I think that that's what makes it really work well here. And I think that that's what took a lot of audiences off guard. I know it took me off guard because the scares aren't necessarily or even all the visuals aren't necessarily anything new. It's kind of like how we were talking about. It's very like Amityville Horror. It follows that formula. But I think that it just looks very good. It's not overly glossy. It's not overly um, saturated as far as like style, um, but like filter and color and all that goes. It's very, very real looking. And so I think that that's what makes it work. I I, I like that. I'm like, if if I was going to think about what, you know, what a girl being dragged around on the floor by her hair would look like, or what, um, you know, what would a possession look like if somebody was in a chair that would be floating, like all of a sudden with the way it turns upside down, it's just, it's, it's not anything drastic. It's not anything. We're not going through like interdimensional pools of time or anything like that. It's just something very creepy that's going on in the, in the basement or in the living room. And I, I, I appreciate that. That scares me. Same. And I, I, the, the, the comment of being real, I think is really big too. Cause like I, one of my problems with like the, especially two, maybe not three so much. Cause three actually feels like it's, it's filmed on location as you're talking about. It was filmed around like the, the George area. I, I, uh, the thing I have with the problem with the second one is it does feel like you're on a Warner brothers set. Like, and i never get the sense of that here. Like I get the feeling that they actually were like in an actual real house. Like it does feel like yeah. they're actually outside um, you know, and one of my favorite effects sequences is with like the, you know, simple and simple, like with the laundry that falls and hits the, the body and then moves like, yeah, that was CGI probably that's, that was on there, but it was so effective. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, Max, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, the cinematographer, John Arley and Eddie, you know, mm-hmm. worked on Sidious and uh, some of the, the other films and things, but also worked on 12 episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, and, yeah. and worked on 1994's the mask oh my oh, shit <laughs> oh my god gotta bring, up, gotta bring up the mask oh gotta bring my up the mask god. yeah but no yeah i think that like for me for this uh you know it's like you were saying you want to keep things in the dark and i think that for the most part for the most part they are and then when so that when you do see the the face of beth sheba and stuff like it is it's jarring but I, I, I do like, you know, even just that sequence when Lily's got the blindfold on, she's in the room and just all the way at the end of the other room in the, the cabinet, you see the hands come out. But it's, yeah. it's almost not it's almost uh, not a completely in focus, but it's just like those are the kinds of things that I love, you know, just like those little and then just her understated re- like realization that there wasn't anybody in the room. Yeah. 
I, I just, that is the kind of stuff that really sets the tone. I think that's why the first hour of this movie really works and honestly makes the second half work, even though it starts to get a little bit more in your face. Well, it's like um, the, it, Randall, you brought up something recently on our Lisey story episode. It's like the Pixies loud, soft, loud, soft thing, which yeah. I think this movie does really well. I, I want to say, it's funny because I, we, we've, I've been watching a lot of um, like docu series on, on YouTube and, and, and whatnot. And uh, there's one with the Ghoul Boys, uh, Ryan Bergera and, uh, and uh, Sean, Sean and Ryan. Basically, they have this uh, this BuzzFeed Unsolved, but they also do this other series. And like we were watching one that's just like them reading stories, right? And I was getting so much more frightened by, just by that and just the images in my head of what I'm seeing that then or than what I'm hearing about than I would in like the, a CGI blood fest that we get in like all the jump scares that we usually get in horror movies. And I think it really goes down to the fact that like, the less you see, the better. And I think back of all the movies that they're trying to ape with uh, The Conjuring and like something as simple, like if you watch The Changeling in the first 10 minutes of that movie, right when George C. Scott moves in the house, and I probably referenced the scene a bunch of times in the Halloween, so I apologize if you heard this. But when he first gets in there and you see him playing and the door just opens behind him. Simple, just a door opening. That to me is so much more haunting than the... Like I, I just, that doesn't do anything for me. Like it doesn't. So like the thing I love about this movie is just all the practical stuff of just like the doors opening, the the spatial, like the spatial dread. I don't, I don't want to call it. Like like there are a lot of shots in this movie where it's just like one like perfectly frames it where you know there are four or five different places where something could happen. And he does a, he does this a lot with Insidious to his credit. But you know mm-hmm. there's one scene in particular. You know when Lily Taylor's in her bedroom and there's the mirror there. There's another, there's a closet door and then it's angled just enough that you could see the kind of hallway that's in the distance. So you could kind of see some depth of like stuff that could happen down there near the stairwell. And that not even having anything happen there is so terrifying to me because I'm just like, I'm always on edge. Like I'm always on edge. But that and Mike, that lends itself to like the original haunting. Yeah. Like the way that they frame that movie there's always like a statue in the background. There's always like a doorway or something that you're waiting for it to move or do something. And I think that that's smart because yeah. you constantly, you're giving them too much, you're giving them too much information so that when something does happen, it's always, it is surprising because it's not from where you thought it was going to come. And I, I think that's just, that's smart. Yeah. I, I love the way he uses, um, he uses um, that space because it's such a, it's some, like everybody has, that dark corner in their room. If yep. you have a door that goes to your room, there's a dark corner. And yep. uh-huh. so, so that, that scare is going to apply to everybody. Anybody who has like furniture, like when um, Lily Taylor is downstairs in the, uh, when she gets knocked down into the basement and she's yep. super aware of all the junk that's in there. She knew that there was obviously somebody down there. Oh, and that fucking ball comes. I know. Out. <laughs> oh my God. It's, so scary it's so frightening and then and then that that's another um where is that thing just draws out so powerful yeah he's down there and it's just it's just boxes it's just boxes and like little tables here and there but there's also that one white drape that uh, obviously is a callback to later or um uh, yeah foreshadowing yeah on the chair yeah but but it's just you know you're he there's so many um presentable places that aren't anything out of the ordinary that wouldn't be anything out of the ordinary in your own space. And I think that that's just brilliant. Yeah, no, I always call it like the pause and go horror. 
where like you, you, there's something that happened in the background. Maybe you missed it, but someone else next to you caught it. And you're like, oh shit, let me, like, let me rewind back and see what I missed or something like that. And that to me is always just sort of like get me. And I guess you could kind of lump that into like peripheral horror for the most part. And I, I think that's, it's the, it's the, again, it's like the less is, is more. And so many, some of the, the best details are those that, that go right by you. And some, maybe sometimes subconsciously you pick them up.